Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <clears throat> okay. We're looking at the instructions to Titus, the evangelist, which came to him in uh, letter form uh, by the Apostle Paul. And this follows right along with what I've been talking about the last two or three weeks, the, the glorious assemblies of Christ. They're glorious because of of Christ. They're glorious because of the kingdom and all they represent. But that glory and, and that, that, uh, that assembly has to have certain qualities to it. And within that, the qualities of that assembly, you find the apostolic uh, principles being taught to the evangelist for the assembly. The apostles couldn't be in every church. The apostles had a lifespan. They were men. Some were martyred. Uh, some became uh, fairly old. None very old. Uh, I believe that all the apostles uh, were gone by the 60s AD. Various places within them. And so the evangelist was taking the apostolic principles to the world. Now, this short epistle uh, of Titus is literally, I believe, the handbook for the evangelist. Uh, so much in there is just what uh, the evangelist needs to do his work within the congregation. It was written, uh, I think, in the early part of A.D. 63, could have been some, uh, during that year, but we know that it was written by the Apostle Paul. We know that it was written uh, because of what it says from Rome just after the Apostle Paul's acquittal before Nero. Paul went to Rome at his request to, be, to take his, um, his case to Rome before Caesar, Caesar Nero in this case, because of the false charges of the rulers in Jerusalem. They were false, false, false. And if you read the book of Acts and those chapters, you'll see that uh, they didn't have a leg to stand on except the rulers in Jerusalem, the Jewish rulers, so detested Paul, who was, had been Saul of Tarsus, one of their cohorts. They wanted his mouth to be closed. And the way to do that, of course, would be to have him executed by the Romans. That's uh, kind of a trend for the Jewish, Jewish folks back in that day. But it wasn't to be. 
uh, he was acquitted of these charges. And um, from that, that point, he was writing both uh, First and Second Timothy, Titus, instructions to the evangelist. His days were running short. He knew it. The evangelists were to go out from there with the, with the apostles' teaching to the assemblies, wherever they may be, forming new groups and, and helping and uh, shepherding, maintaining the existing groups. And I think this is God's way. This is the Lord's way for the church. Now, the topic that the evangelists of Christ the evangelists of the church speak is should be the same message that was spoken by the apostles as they established the churches everywhere. Um, we're going to come to know better, I think, the things for the assembly, the glorious assembly, as given by the Lord. So the, the topics that are taught in this assembly in all the assemblies of Christ, are just as valid today as they were in A.D. 63 or A.D. 53 or 43 or 33. They're just as valid today. The time frame has changed. Uh, of course, the, the, we didn't receive this letter ourselves, as you know. But um, the things said, the things taught, in a general sense, from the apostles to the evangelists to the, to the congregation are the, the way that things should be done. Now, I think um, what's really incredible about this is the introduction. The first four verses are so doctrinally just they're just uh, manifest to us very 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 clearly the source of christianity and if you'd ask the man on the street where christianity came from you'd get a lot of answers but i don't well, think you'll get many of them saying that christianity came from god in heaven but it did that's where it came from that's the source in the, in the mind of God. This is how God has, Christianity is how God maintains his family. The family of men and women that are in Christ, that are his children, that live in the kingdom, in the flesh now, and when we leave this body, in the kingdom, in the spiritual kingdom that exists at this very moment. So this, let's look at these first four verses and look at, listen to the words, the way they're laid out, um, the way the apostle writes to the evangelist here, gets his attention right away, and he's got work to do, he's got instructions to give, and he, and he needs things done in, in an orderly fashion, and he needs them done quickly. So... Let's look at these first four. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of the chosen ones of God and 
and acknowledging of truth that is according to piety. Upon hope of life age during or life without end, which God who doth not lie did promise before times of ages. Before there was time, God had promised this promise. And he manifested in proper times his word. In preaching, which I was entrusted with according to a charge of God our Savior. Verse 4, to Titus. In other words, this is the recipient of this letter. True child according to the common faith, to a common faith, grace, kindness, peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Verse 1 of that. Paul is what? He's a servant of God. Um, that You know, it's the only time that he is a servant of God in the writings of the New Testament. We find that phrase right here. And, I th- and that's interesting. He is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He also calls himself a bondservant of, of Jesus Christ. But when you're talking about the Father and the Son, you really are talking about one, one thought, one will, one direction. And this is according to faith, that is the faith, of the elect of God. That's the idea, the word chosen there uh, really is the elect of God. And it doesn't, I'm not inferring that it's the election of Calvinism, but the elect of God are those who have chosen the way. Chosen God's way of redemption, God's way of reconciliation through his son Jesus Christ. That's the elect. That's the election by our decision. And there's one more thing here, the acknowledging of the truth. You see, that, that's what the, an evangelist has to be, a person that acknowledges the truth of God's word publicly. And all of that, and all of that is put into what Young's and his version calls piety, which means godliness, all done in, in, the, in the act of godliness. That's verse 1. That's enough right there to spend a couple months on. Verse 2 is this, in hope. That is the one hope. You see, Christians have one hope. One hope. It talks about it in Ephesians 4. Um, the oneness, the one hope and one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one God. You know, the oneness of things. We have one hope, and that hope is found is, is because of our faith in what we know of God and his plan of reconciliation. So hope is never, never, ever based on certainty that men strive for certainty. You know, when we're doing our checkbook, we're looking for certainty. 
We want to be certain there's something there. Okay? And as hard as I've tried sometimes, it still isn't there. You know? But I'm looking for certainty there. No, I'm looking for the facts, right? I need the, the correct information so I know. Now, that's not certainty. That, that is putting together truth, the truth of the situation. So hope and certainty are, are rather opposed when it comes to this sort of thing. Also, life without end. You see, that's the promise. Uh, and God has made that promise to his creation, that they will have a time of the life without any end. I don't know how I, I can exist in, in, a, in a realm where there's not the passing of time, or I don't have to do this or this time. And this. I just don't understand how that's going to be. But I'm looking forward to it, because I'm sick of keeping time. Okay, I got an amen on that. Now, I think we're, we're, we're kind of on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, time or mileage, right. All right. Also, which God, who cannot lie, as the scripture says, who cannot lie, did promise before the ages were. Before there was time, before God created time for man, the promise was in his mind and heart. And by the way, his son knew about that. Because Jesus, the Son of God, was with his Father before the, the creation of all things. John chapter 17. Verse 3, in the proper time, in other words, in the fullness of time, did God manifest his word. And who's the word of God? Isn't it not Jesus the Christ? The word, the logos? You know, there's another Greek word for word, um, uh, rima, I believe, rima in the different forms of it, and, and, and there's some confusion there, but when it comes to the logos of God, the word of God, what does that mean? God's word? God's word is truth? All the things that we know of the word, and we are people of the word. The word is what's brought us to faith. The word is what keeps us in faith. And the word is where our hope is anchored because we know that word has a reality, has a reality in the Father and the Son and the Spirit of God. Now that word was made manifest in the, in the form of the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, and then the preaching of the apostles of, of the message of Christ, the good news of Christ throughout the world, that men may be, what? Reconciled? You see, that's the idea. We're looking for reconciliation back to God as sinners. Uh, we can call it saved, but, and, and because we kind of know what saving, being saved from something. But let's, let's remember... It's the reconciliation. There had to be something that would allow us to be reconciled. And of course, it was the sacrifice of the Son of God and, and our decision to believe it, 
accept it and make it what we believe. Without, you take away any of those things and you have no reconciliation. You have no salvation. In verse 4, we find that um, uh, we find the order of this whole thing that Paul is writing here. It's from God, through the Word, His Son. And then it came unto the apostles of Christ. Jesus sent His apostles as advocates, uh, and they were... The, the word, um, uh, the, the whole phrase that Jesus gives, they're, they're charged to go out, be my witnesses, has the idea of martyrship, martyred. They would speak Christ to the point of death and beyond. That's what the apostles knew. You know, I read that passage many, many, many times before I really understood that the apostles, when they heard Jesus say that to them, that, because of their language, they understood what that word meant. You will be martyrs for my name, if that is the case. And he sent them out. That kind of changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? That kind of puts the whole thing into kind of a military thing, in, in the physical world, where you are, you don't know. You're sent to, to go here and do that. Well, how do you know you're coming back? You don't know. These these men knew that that they may be they may lose their life. The, the second thing here, it was sent to Titus the evangelist according to our common faith. That's the common faith they had in Christ. Grace, kindness, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, uh, this is where the, the greeting comes from the apostle to Titus, the evangelist. He's also passing on the, the greeting of the Father and the Son. If you're looking for the Trinity there, you'll have to understand that when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, that's the Father and Son. Remember what Jesus said? My Father is Spirit. We don't want to confuse the whole idea. And as far as Holy Spirit, holiness, God commands the church to be holy as he is holy. Don't confuse, don't let the words that we find piled up here and there confuse us of the situation. Um, Because spirit, of course, we understand is the concept of breath, the breath of God. That's how it's defined in the Bible. And it can also be the moving of the wind that moves the trees, the leaves and the trees, that is. Now note, the words of the apostles sent out through the uh, ones that we call evangelists, the Bible calls evangelists, were the very words given by the Lord Jesus to the apostles, the very words of heaven itself, 
because Jesus makes clear that all he said, all he did, he heard from his father. He was sent by his father to do exactly what he did. And thus, he was given a kingdom. For a brief time, it was the kingdom of Christ uh, until he gave the kingdom back to the father at the at the end of the of the Jewish age. But you know, today we need to understand this message, our message must be the very same as it was then. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, it makes it very clear of something that should be Somehow we need to put an equal sign there and and make it for today. Because this wasn't only true then. It looks like to me it's always been true. Jesus Christ, yesterday and today, the same and to the ages. Young writes it just a little different than we normally remember it. Yesterday, today, and the ages, the same. Now, if Jesus the same is the same before, then, and after, then shouldn't the doctrine of the church be the same continually? Shouldn't the truth be truth always? Shouldn't falsehood, falsehood be falsehood always? When it is confounding, kind of trying to change the truth. Now, all of this is Paul's greeting. It's his greeting. We're going to look at one more verse here. That's all we have time for today. But that's a profound greeting that sets the tone for what comes, what follows, that is, uh, this greeting. The charge to the evangelist Titus to complete the work in Crete. You know, when, when preachers are charged, uh, evangelists and preachers are ordained, sent out, set in place for a work, uh, there's a charge. It's called a charge. The work is always undone. It's undone. There's more work to do, more to do, more to do. These lives are limited, but the work to do goes on. But it needs to go on in a timely manner. In other words, of first importance. <clears throat> in Titus 1.5, it says this, the apostle speaking to the evangelist, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that the things lacking thou mayest arrange. And mayest set down in every city elders, as I did appoint to thee. Let's look at uh, Acts 14, verse 21 through 23. I want to show you this exact same thing being done and uh, the, the work being done in other places besides Crete. This was the apostolic way for the assemblies. And it says this, uh, speaking about the work of Paul here, 
and those with him. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Icomen and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and that through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed for them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they had believed. This is the process for the Lord's church. Is this what we find today? I wish I could say that it was. Not too many years ago, when I was in a congregation that was trying, that had been praying for years for God to send them elders, when it came time to do that, finally, it was, well, basically the end of the road was there wasn't anybody that could be an elder, so some said, but here's the thing. I was personally told that, well, we don't need elders in every church. Oh, really? I think the apostle and all the apostles, it's very clear, isn't it? In every church, in every assembly is the word for church there. For this cause, this work of ministry, Titus was left in Crete to, uh, to finish the necessary things needed by the assemblies there. And what was that necessary work of first importance? To set down, seat as a council, is what that means. Seat as a council. Um, it's, it's kind of a word picture of, of, of the idea of of the council of elders, those men who would oversee the various assemblies in each in each uh, uh, assembly in Crete. Now, each assembly had its own elders from amongst their own group. It wasn't elders that ruled all the groups. It was elders amongst them. This is very important, uh, for even this is violated today. Now, I want you to Think about that for a week. Re- read this section over, this, this uh, first chapter. Read it over, and we'll, we'll get into the meat of it next uh, Lord's Day as to uh, these elders. But the charge made to Titus was to do this. And, you know, it was, it's always been quite a task. But it is more difficult today than I think it was then because of the, 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 the misunderstanding of the whole situation over the ages. And um, a lot of it, and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there's just folks that are never going to see it in the way I think, and I'm surely not going to see it in the way they think. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with words. 
the understanding of what words mean, even the concept of certain of, of, of lifestyle in, in general. And one of the big things that's left out of the selection of elders and actually consideration of Christian people um, is the idea of a Christian person being forgiven their sins. One of the things I see that is causing the, the, the idea of there are basically becoming no elders in any group is because the, it seems to be that the people of the church have forgotten that, number one, people are forgiven of their sins when they become a Christian, and they have forgiveness as they are Christians. And when you take those, the first one, uh, I think everybody agrees with, although it seems like for some men, people would like to drag some of that old baggage back, back on board for the man being considered as an elder. Well, didn't you used to be, well, and now that's a quali- and now you're disqualified. Even though you're not you're not that anymore, and were you forgiven or not? See, I think the idea. I don't believe that a lot of Christians think that forgiveness of sin, the way it's laid out clearly in the Bible, is truly how they should understand it today. No, uh, you know, but th- this is a failing, and that sort of failing has caused damage, violence to the eldership and the leadership of churches in many, many places. Um, And I certainly don't want that to be a case here. Uh, Now, I've tried on occasion to do this and have failed to get it it done and done right. My arguments, I thought, were, were very good. I wrote things. I distributed them. And, and basically, no. So I, I'm saying this isn't easy. But friends, let's face it. I'm still stuck with the fact what Scripture says. Appoint elders in every city for the assemblies. It's necessary for the health and the, and the well-being of the assembly. So it seems like everything's a new mission work, huh? Well, that's where we're at, and we're going to get into it and and see how it comes out. Those would be my comments for today. There's almost nowhere to stop with this, but but we have to. Uh, Thank you for your attention, and we will continue with it next Lord's Day, Lord willing. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.